Hi, soul sibling. Welcome back to a new episode. It's Sunday morning in real time, my time, when I'm recording this, March 3rd. Winter's still going, and I wanted to thank you, first of all, for being here, for being a listener. I want to thank you all for your attention and your time and your interest in my wise circles, my art, all my beautiful offerings that I dreamed would find themselves into the world, and here they are. So thank you, thank you. It means the world to me. I'm currently teaching Midwinter's Wise Circles. This week starts week three of the weekly circles, and it's so magnificent and meaningful. And it's interesting to see how each student, soul sibling person finds their way to the circle, to see the circle form, and then to be encouraged over a period of six weeks to be in spiritual retreat, to be contemplating spiritual practice, to be in small community with others, listening and witnessing each other's most intimate, thoughtful, painful, inspirational ideas. We write together, we meditate together, and it's beautiful. So if you are interested to learn more about Y Circles, you can always go to my website, viralmindfulness.com, and follow the Y Circle prompt navigation, and it will take you right there. I do have spring offerings coming your way, like a piano recital with tiered ticket pricings for you to support and to connect and watercolors coming soon, a new fresh batch of rainwater, poppy paintings, and mm, lots of other surprises. So you'll have to subscribe to my newsletter. Newsletter subscribers get first access. Actually, Y Circle alumni and members get first access to my original watercolors. They get a 48-hour run to purchase or make arrangements for a payment plan to own an original. And my newsletter, Love Letters of Mindfulness, you can subscribe at my website. You can also follow on Substack, either place, it's the same. And you also get a 48-hour opening chance to purchase and own. So that I wanted you to know. And I wanted to tell you quickly about today's podcast episode. I'm going to start gently here in March. I'm still in winter, and the last couple months have been a lot of melancholy. My good best friend, my best Judy, Jude, (laughs) he says that melancholy is a fun word. It makes it sound more fun. It's true. And I think one of the deepest realizations this winter, this round 2024, is just don't run away from it and don't try to talk my way out of it and don't try to come to some conclusion or to make an assessment that I'm depressed or that I'm just sad about a lot of impermanence and change and I'll tell you more about it over the next couple months but for now I wanted you to know that one of the things that's most sustaining for me right now is music And I found this essay. So in my graduate program of social work, 
I wanted to apply for a international placement two years into, or not two years, one year into my graduate program. This was 2002, the University of Utah, and I applied to go do an internship at the American University in Bulgaria. And you had to apply, and they covered quite a bit, your expenses, your airfare, your room and board, stipend money, like on campus there. And it was awesome. And I had to apply with like information and like a thoughtful entrance essay to show a little bit about myself. There were some questions. And so I just found it and I wanted to read it for you because it kind of tells you a little bit about some of the music lessons. It's called Music Lessons. So that's the episode today. I'm going to read it to you. And I just want you to know that if you're maybe feeling a little melancholy or a lot of something else, anxiety, depression, maybe music could touch you in a way where other humans can't. Maybe it's music that actually might save you or at least bring some saving grace right now. Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Smith, or you might know me as Alexander Bluefeather. Music Lessons As a youth, each Christmas we would get a present, a big one. That was for the entire family. These gifts included a pinball machine, an Atari game system, a VCR, a boat for summers at Lake Powell. One year, the siblings, there are five of us in the Smiths, disagreed about what that gift should be. Two of us wanted a piano and the other three wanted a giant screen TV. Fortunately, that Christmas, the majority did not win. I soon began piano lessons. My mother never had to force me to practice. I loved playing the piano and learning music came naturally. After my first year, I was almost as good as our kind, soft-spoken neighborhood teacher, Merrill Lofthouse. Then we found a shiny new one. He was a concert pianist and I had to audition to be one of his students. Ooh. The next five years were filled with hours and hours of scales, music theory, memorization, recitals, performances, competitions. At age 13, I began teaching piano lessons to children in our neighborhood. This was in Salt Lake City, Utah. I started with a few students and by age 16, I carried a caseload of nearly 20 students ranging in age from seven to 35. Since I saw my students on a weekly basis, we developed strong relationships and I observed their progress through different stages of their lives. Encouragement and inspiration became important tools I used in my teaching since learning music and piano performance can quickly lose its fun after the first couple of months. I noticed the difference in working with children versus teenagers and adults 
using different techniques according to the age of the student, I became a successful teacher, helping many people find the music in their lives. This is a side note. I just want to tell you that I started teaching in Utah in the 80s, about 85, 86. And by the time I was ending high school, we had moved to California, to Southern California. And I still taught piano lessons in Southern California through my sophomore, junior, senior year into my first year of college. Back to the essay. Besides teaching, I found many opportunities to share the gift of music with others. I can vividly remember the comment made by a woman several years ago after playing a piano selection at a funeral. She gently shook my hand with tears in her eyes and softly spoke. I have been depressed for years and I can't tell you how much your music today has affected me. I felt honored and grateful knowing that I played a small part in motivating and lifting another fellow human being. In addition to music, I spent much time performing on stage, singing, dancing, acting. My first years of college, I studied theater. You might be wondering how an individual with such an intense background in music and the arts ended up in social work. A pivotal moment occurred one day in my advanced acting class. It was my junior year at Brigham Young University. We had rehearsed our scene nearly a hundred times. Today, we were to perform our scenes, our final project for the entire class. The professor's feedback followed a recurring theme that day. Mm, she would chew on her finger, tilt her head, and it's, it's not believable. It doesn't look or feel real. This might not mean much to you, and I'm not sure what led to my next train of thought, but it struck me odd, and I found it somewhat amusing that we spent nearly every waking moment for weeks trying to make an imaginary scene with imaginary characters real and believable. I couldn't help but conclude that if I spent half the time on my real life and the real characters in it, I would probably be a happier and healthier individual. It is not an easy task to deal with life and spend time and money to make one's life more fulfilling and productive. It was that day my love for people and their intricate journey through life was reaffirmed and I decided I wanted to spend the rest of my life helping them uncover and deal with the real issues in their lives. Halfway through my master's degree of social work, I have shifted roles as the performer to that of the instrument. Like a piano, I want to be finely tuned, polished on the outside, and well-built and handcrafted on the interior. I can do this through education and experience. I am learning different models and theories, utilizing current research, literature, and other professionals. I am fine-tuning my skills by practicing what I'm learning with clients and agencies. It's my purpose to make myself available for my clients, to present them with ideas, suggestions, theories, models, literature, literature, and resources. I am doing all I can so when a client, a family, or an agency, even a community approaches me, I can be an instrument that allows them to create and play beautiful music. 
Okay, I'm going to pause right here. How are you doing? Okay, so it's weird to read this out loud to you because I would have written this in like the winter, like right about this time of year, March of 2002. Interesting, 22 years ago. And it's interesting to see how I'm framing things at that time. Like, for example, studying acting, I had auditioned and made it into the acting tract uh, through BYU's advanced acting track. And another reason why I got out of acting was because I was really concerned at the time because I was buying into heteronormative homophobic ideas. And part of that was connected to Brigham Young University and the religion that the LDS church. And I, I really felt like I needed to like not be an actor, not be around as many queer people. So I should choose something that's more altruistic and helpful. So that also is happening. But it also is true that I really was like, why do we put so much time into these scenes? It's crazy. And of course, that's a very real part of being an actor is trying to be really, really present and with your scene partner where you're not acting you are literally becoming in real time anyway it's a form of acting method it's a method acting thing so all right let's finish this there's a second part this is called a summer in bulgaria i have spent many years as a student and have enjoyed the vigorous exciting and grueling process while working as a teacher's assistant for two different professors I uncovered a passion for interacting with this population, students who are so eager to learn and enrich their lives with knowledge. The past year, I worked for Wasatch Mental Health and had the opportunity to work with young adults. I found a respect for the many issues that young people face and worked with clients suffering from depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, personality disorders, suicide, schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder. I provided treatment through individual and group therapy, as well as teaching classes on different subjects, ranging from music to improving social skills. It was an inpatient facility at Wasatch Mental Health, by the way. Moving along, I have an enthusiasm and zest for life that's easily observed by those around me. When I first started my internship with Wasatch Mental Health, one of the clients, so impressed with my energy and excitement, asked the nurse to prescribe the same medication I was taking. <laughs> that's so funny. I think it's important to connect enthusiasm and excitement with hard work. I have spent a lifetime proving that. I started my own business as a youth teaching piano lessons and hosting annual recitals. I also provided entertainment for children's birthday parties. My most memorable performance was that of Sebastian the Sea Crab from Disney's animated film The Little Mermaid. While working as a volunteer church representative in rural parts of West Virginia, I saw the benefits of hard work and self-direction while successfully organizing community involvement activities with the American Heart Association, hospitals, libraries, and churches. While attending college, I have continuously held jobs contributing to the financing of my entire college education. I get so excited to think I might spend several months interning at the American University of Bulgaria. Throughout my life, I have embraced the diversity in others and would love to enhance that quality through an inter international placement. 
If given this opportunity, I promise not to come with all the answers, but guarantee plenty of enthusiasm, creativity, and dedication with a strong commitment to help achieve your expectations and goals. I know I will have a rich and unique experience that will further my education, expand my professional skills, and add to the music of my life. While interning this year at Wasatch Mental Health, I was meeting with a client one day when staff interrupted to inform me that we had a crisis. I quickly ended my current session when one of the staff escorted a client who was in the middle of a delusional episode episode as a result of her schizophrenia. I had only been there a few weeks, so it wouldn't be a bit hesitant to admit I had no idea what to do. I asked her some questions about what she was experiencing There are knives with blood coming out of the floor, she anxiously cried. I put my hands on the floor and asked if this was the correct location. She told me they wouldn't hurt me. After a few minutes, she jumped off her chair and left the room talking and yelling because, quote, they were taking her organs one by one. At this point, the director of the facility and LCSW came to the rescue. He and the head nurse had been in a meeting but dismissed themselves to assist. I followed them as they guided this client to her room. I watched in suspense or eagerly as my mentor talked her through the situation. The nurse returned with some medication and after a few minutes the director told the client that he was going to leave but I would stay with her for a while. Okay, sure. I knew exactly what to do. I had watched the skills and it seemed that my immediate scientific goal was to keep her mind on reality, and that included me and our conversation together. Alone, standing above her bed, by this time she was lying down, big brown eyes looking up at me. I asked her what her favorite movie was. It wasn't long before my creative side took over, and before I knew it, I was singing songs from Disney's The Little Mermaid. She seemed entranced, and after my first rendition of Part of Your World, she exclaimed, You are so good. Will you sing me another one? (laughs) After Under the Sea, I didn't want to sing the song the witch sang, (laughs) so I decided on one of my favorite love songs. She was still listening, but her eyes grew heavy, and soon she was fast asleep. I quietly walked out of her room, shut the door, when two of the female staff members giggled and asked if I would sing to them. Apparently, they had been checking on the new intern to make sure I was all right and were somewhat surprised to find me singing. I used to think therapy was all about following some model or theory or checklist. I believe it's important to understand the science of it all, but there is a whole other half therapy that falls within the creative realm. And that's what I experienced that day as an intern. Science was telling me to keep my client focused on reality and my creative license chose to sing songs. Several weeks later, she told me she would always have a special place in her heart from My Little Mermaid songs. For me, the therapeutic process is about mixing the sciences with an artistic and creative energy, taking the premise of a theory and creatively mixing it with myself, my client, and the weather of that day. I gravitate towards two theories, but hesitate to limit myself due to artistic expression. I love to explore the roots of issues through psychoanalytic theory and focus on the future with solution-focused therapy. I am young, I am still finishing school, and I'm willing to take any approach that might help my client. I want to continue to add music to my life and the lives of others.
That was fun to read to you. It's so interesting how I can see parts of myself, some of the themes, the rhythm, the intricate threads that make up me, but also 22 years younger and not having had all the experience that I have now. It's really interesting. So I hope you enjoyed that. I want to end this episode and share a poem with you. And I'll see you again next Sunday. For today, I wanted to share a John O'Donohue blessing, read it to you, because I read this and it has a beautiful quote about music. And it's it's called a blessing for as a child enters the world. And so I've been thinking a lot about it's only, you know, four years this month, March 2024, that the world shut down with the pandemic and all that's played out year after year. You might feel like a child entering the world still, and that's okay. You might be in winter, in melancholy, in sadness, in depression. You might be taking extreme, not extreme, you might be taking charge and have lots of, you know, support, medication, therapists, group therapy, anything from that to the spectrum of where you are, I just honor it. And I encourage you to honor where you are and try to be gentle with yourself. Spring is not here yet. For a lot of people, the rhythm of spring can be quite sporadic, going from hot and warm to suddenly a huge snowstorm. Maybe you continue to give yourself the grace to take the time you need. And maybe it's like a child entering the world. So here's this blessing for you, for me, for all of us. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the song I'm going to be working on at the pianos that I'm going to add. This week I heard it somewhere and I thought this is such a good song. Of course, it's um, the name is totally blinking me. Dionne Warwick. I don't know who wrote it, but what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Here it is, your blessing. As I enter my new family, may they be delighted at how their kindness comes into blossom. Unknown to me and them, may I be exactly the one to restore in their forlorn places new vitality and promise. May the hearts of others hear again the music in the lost echoes of their neglected wonder. If my destiny is sheltered, may the grace of this privilege reach and bless the other infants who are destined for torn places. If my destiny is bleak, may I find in myself a secret stillness and tranquility beneath the turmoil. May my eyes never lose sight of why I have come here, that I never be claimed by the falsity of fear or eat the bread of bitterness. In everything I do, think, feel, and say, may I allow the light of the world I am leaving to shine through and carry me home. Much love to you. I'll see you next time here on the podcast. Mm-hmm.
If you head over to my website, viralmindfulness.com, there's a lot of great information. And you can add your name to my waitlist for spring Y circles, watercolors, and a new offering, a weekend silent retreat. Head over to viralmindfulness.com for all the details. And remember, never leave fun to find fun.